the pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The heating season is here. Folks, you need to call JKL Engineering today. JKL 401-351-7600. Let JKL Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier Infinity System. The energy-efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you think no gas, hey, guess what? No problem. Let JKL Engineering design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient. Reduce your oil bill. By as much as 90%, they have the highest rebates of the market, and they also do new installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL is Cary Factory Authorized Dealer, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You know, for over 50 years, JKL's reputation second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved national grid BPI installer. JKL is also a Navian certified factory dealer called JKL. System replacement, oil to gas, or for a heat pump. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in both Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call JKL Engineering right now, residential or commercial, at 401-351-7600. JKL, they'll do it right the first time. Now call them. You don't want to get stuck with an inefficient heating system. What if it starts to get really cold? Call JKL right now. Free quote, free estimate. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401-351-7600. Rhode Island, Massachusetts. It's JKL Engineering. 401-351-7600. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop in and see them. They have everything Christmas. They also want to thank from uh, Steve and Debbie and Junior Byron, all their loyal new customers, making this year their best year ever. Stop in and see the Rhode Island's number one garden center. They still have some balsam, Fraser fir, cut trees, potted lime trees, custom handmade wreaths. Now, also stop in because they do have mistletoe and cemetery baskets, Christmas crafts, gift certificates are available. They're open every day. Until Christmas Eve, look for them on Facebook, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. And then also their website is prmaterials.shop. Thank you to all their uh, very loyal customers. They hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season. Well, folks, President Trump obviously made news last night. I want to play some of his uh, comments. He's not wrong with a lot of this. Uh, It certainly has caught people off guard. But when you think about some of the wasteful spending, this money was supposed to go COVID relief to help people. And instead, the way they're spreading around some of the money and Panama 40 million dollars for the Kennedy Center in Washington DC which is not even open for business 1 billion dollars for the Smithsonian and an additional 154 million dollars for the National Gallery of Art likewise these facilities are essentially not open 7 million dollars for reef fish management billion to combat Asian carp, $2.5 million to count the number of amberjack fish in the Gulf of Mexico, a provision to promote the breeding of fish in federal hatcheries, $3 million in poultry production technology, $2 million to research 
the impact of down trees. $566 million for construction projects at the FBI. The bill also allows stimulus checks for the family members of illegal aliens, oh. allowing them to get up to $1,800 each. This is far more than the Americans are given. That's right. Despite all of this wasteful spending yep. and much more, the $900 billion package provides hardworking taxpayers with only $600 each in relief payments. Crazy. And not enough money is given to small businesses and in particular restaurants whose owners have suffered so grievously. Yep. They were only given a deduction for others to use in business their restaurant for two years. This two-year period must be withdrawn, which will allow the owners to obtain financing and get their restaurants back in condition. Congress can terminate it at a much later date, but two years is not acceptable. It's not enough. That's right. Congress found plenty of money for foreign countries, lobbyists, and special interests while sending the bare minimum to the American people who need it. It wasn't their fault. It was China's fault, Yep. not their fault. I'm asking Congress to amend this bill and increase the ridiculously low $600 to $2,000 All right. or $4,000 for a couple. I'm also asking Congress to immediately get rid of the wasteful and unnecessary items from this legislation and to send me a suitable bill or else the next administration will have to deliver a COVID relief package. And maybe that administration will be me. All right. And we will get it done. Thank you very much. Folks, what would we do without the president? Once again, cutting through the swamp. Folks, very encouraging there at the end, as a matter of fact. Maybe it'll be me. Now, we're going to have a lot more about that on the website. Make sure you check out depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. And uh, folks, by the way, that's also the way if you want to get a hold of me, want to uh, send me an email, reach me. That's the easiest way, dipetro.com. Don't forget, dipetro.com is brought to you by Allstate Lock, where you can get residential, commercial, car keys, security cameras, allstatelock.com, or call them 401-349-0042. So President Trump, folks, you know, that attitude in putting you first and putting us first, when you think about it, all that $600 a person, you have the president stepping up saying, how about 4000 a couple, 2000 each? All that money, illegals are getting more than you're getting, more than I'm getting. See, this is why he went to Washington. This is why over 70 million people voted for him. This is why it is um, just that. Just he went in and without, I don't know what, what it's going to be like. We're going to go back to the days where the swamp just dictates everything. So I think the president last night, again, he he is there for you. He's there for us. He's not part of the establishment. He never has been. He's not part of the swamp. He's there for the American people. And of course, anytime they're spending, they have an opportunity. Think about that. It's supposed to be COVID relief. And then suddenly, you know, who mentioned anything? Why are people that are not citizens receiving money? I've never understood that. More and more folks, if, if it's like that now, what is, what is it going to be like four years from now? What would it be like eight years from now? No. It's uh, it's terrible. I thought it was a great moment by the president stepping forward, demonstrating leadership. 
and, and now I think he needs to veto it. And there should be more money, and they should be required to respond to why isn't there more money. All right, a lot more on this and other uh, right here on the John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale never done before. 65% off until Christmas Eve. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. Ever in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website. It is DePietro.com. Joining us right now, folks, he uh, covers Rhode Island for the Boston Globe, and his name is Dan McGowan. And, uh, Dan, I have a feeling what we're going to start off with is something that we're going to be talking about quite a bit in 2021, and that is the uh, Providence. You, you made some news on this this week, but the Providence – School district, they don't have a contract. They need a contract. Well, your headline, Ramundo frustrated by lack of progress on a Providence teacher's contract, but hopes to avoid legal battle. One of the things that you are pointing out that I haven't seen anyone else, but uh, the governor and the education minister, to me, they're not on the same page. And I give that advantage to the Providence teachers union in a situation like that. I think you're exactly right. Look, the the governor has been uh, very hands off with the state takeover, right? She 
Um, but and, you know, for for good reason, the governor I think wanted to you want the credit for you know taking the action. The action, of course, is taking over the school district. But then, you know, even in even in good times, forget the pandemic, governor does not want to be in the weeds on what's happening in the Providence school system. That's the commissioner's job. Go do it. Then you get a pandemic, so especially you know now you end up with very little kind of um, oversight, or you're you know you're just not thinking that closely. But this is the first time she has publicly kind of uh, separated herself to some degree from the commissioner. The commissioner told me very clearly. You and I talked about this last month that she believes the end of the year, which is now next week. Uh, it, you know, it is a is a true deadline. It, it's a it's a line in the sand for making progress on the contract. Now, doesn't mean she says we have to have a deal signed and right. You know, in in, in our blood to, to get this done, but need to see some progress. She made it very clear this week that once again she is not seeing progress on that on that teachers contract. But the governor, we we sat down with the governor and talked to her. You know, she does all these end of year interviews and asked specifically about the contract. And she said, number one, I didn't even realize the commissioner had said that that there was kind of a line in the sand at the end of the year. And number two, I'm not sure I share that view. That is a that that is certainly noteworthy. I can tell you from all the reporting that I've done in the days since that uh, the commissioner's office and the Department of Education in the, in the city of Providence have certainly taken notice of the governor's comments because it does look like they have have kind of separated. Now you said, it, you know, is that the Providence Teachers Union? I think to some degree it is. Look, the governor is, is trying to kind of find thread this needle between being, you know, potentially still having a chance to join the Biden administration, potentially trying to kind of be, you know, to, to toe the line with the Democratic Party. Um, and I think what she would say, or think her view of this is, you don't want unforced errors. You don't want to come out and criticize the the teachers uh, in a way that will, you know, catch the attention of the Biden people, of the national people. I think she she is comfortable with letting the commissioner kind of be play the let's say the bad guy. But yeah. uh, it now it, you know is this tough situation where they're 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 not on the same page. I mean, it's very clear. This um. What can you tell us about this 93-page report that was released where, you know, they at the same time, they want to demonstrate that they feel they're making some progress, but certainly the, the contract, it begins and ends with the contract. Yeah, um, I, you, have to, you, you have to think about this. Whenever there's a big state initiative uh, and the Providence School takeover is as big as an initiative as you could get, if you think about it, you know, Providence's school budget's $400 million if – the state controls Providence schools for, you know, what, 10 more years. We're talking serious, serious money, billions of dollars of control over the Providence schools. So, it, you know, it makes a lot of sense to have these, you know, think of them as progress reports, right? You can't, you don't want everyone to be blind. You don't want every, you don't want me and you to be talking about how it doesn't seem like anything's gotten done. And so this 93 page report that they put out this week essentially says, hey, We've got a lot, you know, we have accomplished things. And that's true. They've, you know, they've changed the curriculum a bit. They have, uh, you know, they're trying to invest in the schools. They, they got that, of course, that building from Joe Paolino, the St. Joseph's Hospital building. So they've made some moves. But the commissioner, you know, this isn't overhyped in any way by the media. The commissioner was very clear with us uh, this week in a Zoom call with reporters that, that 
this is all about the teacher's contract. If they don't get anything done, they'll never move the ball on, on real progress for Providence schools. So she, she's even, you know, kind of clear eyed about this. You want to be able to tout certain things. You want to be able to tell people, Hey, we are working here, but realistically without getting a teacher's contract done, uh, you're not going to see that transform uh, transformational kind of change that, that everybody talked about last year. The Dan McGowan, when she talks about, you know, I'm tired of nibbling at the edges and, and uh, you know, I'm tired of you make a small thing and people act like it's a big thing. Do, do we, has she stated like what it is specifically? Do you have an idea of what it is that she'd really like to do that, that I'm sure with the union, it's a non-starter, but do we, do we know what her wish list looks like? I think her wish list inc- would include, and, and it's hard to get her to say, you know, here's my number one, my number two, my number three. But right. I, I, I think she would like a, a, a significantly longer school day and school year. I think okay. that, that that is a top priority of hers. But then there's a the, the, so, so I think that's the most tangible, the thing that if you're listening right now, you can understand, right? An extra hour to the school day. Sure. You know, that, that's something that, that makes a lot of sense. The other thing that's way more in the weeds, but potentially just as important, is this ability to be very flexible when it comes to hiring and firing. Right? You and I work in the private, you know, work in the private sector. We know yep. if we're not producing, we will be moved. Yeah. Uh, the the it doesn't work the same way, of course, with with public employee unions and particularly teachers. Um, and remember, it's not just about I, you know, I don't think that teacher's good. I want to fire them. It's about when a job comes open, do I have the option to you know, recruit a teacher from a different state, maybe who's multilingual or something like that? Or do I have to go to the list provided by the union, right? So little things like that, or things that sound really little are huge when it comes to filling vacancies and in replacing uh, people who retire and, and all kinds of things. So it's not about firing necessarily, it's more about just, it's about who you can hire. Now you have uh, a good nugget, and again, making news on it in the uh, in roadmap this morning, and it sounds like this whole thing is about to become real theater because now the uh, well, the new speaker and others they'd like a chance to find out about the Providence schools, and and she, as you point out, she does not shy away. So the idea of her sitting up there, boy, that sounds like must-watch TV. Yeah, I mean, you and I, uh, I think, are, are realistic about this, and there are times where things that happen at the state house are things that, you know, we might agree are important, but are, you know, just incredibly boring and slow, right? And, right? That's how this works. You get uh, on Helica and Fonte Green in front of, oh. you know, 10, 11 lawmakers who, who all want to argue with her. Uh, she will one by one go down the line yes. and, and, and argue. She, she is ready for that fight. And yeah, what, what's happening here is uh, the new speaker, Joe Shikarchi, I asked him about this. We sat down, you know, we're doing all these end of year interviews with all the politicians. Sure. And, and, I, and I, you know, I asked him, hey, are you guys paying any attention to this Providence school takeover, right? It's on your hands now. It's the state. It's not, uh, it's not as though you could just write it off to, well, we'll let Providence be Providence. And, they, and the speaker was very clear, the, the incoming speaker was very clear that he wants to kind of reorganize how the House Oversight Committee works. And House Oversight is what it sounds like. You can bring people in, you can you know, bring department heads in um, and, and really grill them. And we've seen that with over the years, of course, with DCYF and you know, various other departments. But this would be a real opportunity to you know, come in and, and, and really ask serious questions uh, of the commissioner. And by the way, 
there are legitimate questions. There's legitimate questions about how spending happens, who makes a yep. lot of these decisions. Those are all legitimate. What could very well happen and is just as likely to happen is you get it, you know, you bring the commissioner in and you want to argue with her about, you know, philosophical differences, right? Charter schools and, uh, you know, why, do, why are you mean to the teachers and things like that? And if, if it goes in that direction, uh, you know, you won't make any progress, you won't get anything done, but there is at least a chance that, that this could be, you know, both interesting and important uh, for the takeover. What was, um, what's been Mary Beth Calabro and the union's reaction so far? Well, they're, they're, as you can imagine, I mean, look, they're smart when it comes to politics. They love the idea that the governor and the commissioner are not, uh, oh, yeah. you know, are not oh. necessarily on the same page. Kidding me? You can, right, because you can play one against each other, right? And, sure. and, and the way these things work, remember, governor's not in on negotiating, right? The commissioner is, though. The commissioner's literally at the table. So, you know, the way these things work, they sit down together and say, hey, commissioner, governor wasn't, you know, what's the governor disagree with you? You kind of razz the commissioner. That's how this kind of thing happens. So I think they're, they're pleased with that. At the same time, they are staring down, uh, you know, some sort of change that, that, that is, is going to come. The commissioner has been very clear about that. They feel strongly about, you know, le- the laws on our side, but they know that right now is a moment to, uh, you know, and you've seen it, they're, they're very critical on Twitter. They, you know, they rally up, kind of drum up support within their ranks because they know that there is going to come a time very shortly, probably, that they're going to, this is going to be settled in the courts and that, uh, you know, the, the, I think the public will remember the, you know, you've had a year of pandemic, so you're, nobody's really thinking about this, but as things get back to normal, I do think you'll start to see more scrutiny and you know more attention paid to Providence. And remember, you know, last summer when, when there was a lot, or summer 2019, I mean, the commissioner was the most popular person in Rhode Island, right? She, everybody was yeah. on her side. So I think the, the teachers know these things go, it's like a roller coaster. Right now they're feeling good. They're able to, you know, twist the knife a little bit about, you know, a divide between the commissioner and the governor, but they know that things will bounce back the other way too. And that you'll start, they'll start to also face pressure from the public. So they need to have everybody on, you know, everybody as strong as possible, I think. Something that uh, has to change before we move on, but Dan McGowan is these, it sounds like it's like watching paint dry these twice a week sitting there. You're not getting anywhere. It's, it's so laborious and sitting through it. And uh, the education commissioner can say, well, let's do something drastic, but the union, you know, this plays right to their hand. This they they play the long game, so they can be stops and starts. But again, they are conditioned. You let them have their day here and there, but at the end of the day, it's all about winning. It's it's about winning the war, not winning. That, the well, think about it like this. Last week, you made a really good comparison. You and I were laughing about. You know, this is a game of chess. Think about it. it yes. Think about it in one other different way, because I was thinking about this after we talked. Which is, think of it as a long game of poker, right? Where, yep. where it's not about the individual hands or the battle in no. a war. It's about, you know, where are you at the end? And the, the make it very clear, the teachers, the unions have a lot of chips and they yep. can wait you out. And, and that is, you know, to, to the credit of Mary Beth Calabro, the union president, I would say, she is clear that she is willing to do things. She is at the table. She could just say no and, and you know, we're not even going to do this. But again, make no mistake about it. They know what they're doing. 
they know that if you're not at the table, you are, that is a, a losing fight, right? You're losing a hand there because the commissioner can call Dan McGowan and say, hey, these guys aren't even showing up anymore. And then that's a loss for them. So they're, they're willing to do this, but you're right. I mean, you described it as paint drying. That's kind of how poker can be as you're just folding every hand, right? And, and that's what's happening sure. right now. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for Mega M-E-G-A, Mega truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station. Trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This winter, you can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Make Henry Oil. Make the switch. Make Henry Oil your reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery company. 401 401- Five two one zero two hundred residential commercial fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Call them today 401-521-0200. Remember, with Henry Oil, automatic delivery, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing. Check out their website henryoil.com or call them today 401. 401- Five two one zero two hundred. Henry Oil. Since 1947, they have a great family history, and they are just terrific. You can depend on Carmine and Lori and the great folks at Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Check them out online at henryoil.com. Residential and commercial fuel oil delivery, service contracts, budget plans, reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery serving most of Rhode Island and southeastern mass it's henry oil call them 401-521-0200 this winter i'm asking you to switch to henry oil online at henryoil.com we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and uh, Dan it is uh, unusual the globe has the headline governor uh, Gina Raimondo has an unusual wish list this year for uh, Santa Claus. So yeah, speak. I mean, she she said yesterday that when she wants two tests 
uh, everyone to, to get two tests before the end of the year. And, you know, again, her point here is she's tr she wants to make sure everybody's getting tested because that testing is widely now available uh, and has been for a while. And the whole idea here is, I, I think what she's saying, she's, she's almost saying it, but not completely outlining it is, look, I know you're not going to just sit in your own household for the next couple of weeks. I know you're going to probably try to see family. That's reasonable. It is what it is. But do me a favor here. Do me a solid here and go get tested. You know, tr let's try to contain this. It's interesting because in Massachusetts, you see Governor Baker is really cracking down and saying, hey, starting yeah. Saturday, we're going to, you know, we're going to have even tighter restrictions, almost like what the governor did after Thanksgiving. Um, and, and they're they're almost in Massachusetts, a little bit kind of behind Rhode Island. But I think there's real concern. I think the governor has has been Governor Raimondo has been trying to find kind of balance this situation of I want the I don't want to see everybody losing their jobs. I want people going out. You know, I'm going to go out myself. Things like that. But also, guys, like you know, this, this could very easily you could have a January that is even darker than early December, which would be really concerning for the hospitals and for everybody. What do you make of um, the fact in the Globe? You do write about it, but you're exactly right. Uh, Governor Baker, he is already moving towards stricter restrictions afterwards. And the governor's hold, Governor Mundo is holding off on that, saying, you know, kind of like, let's take it a day at a time. Enjoy Christmas now. And we'll when we get there, we'll get there. If we have to pause again, we'll pause. Yeah, again. you know, it's funny. I, you, as you know, I, I'm by no means an expert on, on what goes on in, in Massachusetts politics. So you know, I have obviously my colleagues at the Globe and I read the Globe and I pay attention to what's happening. From the outsider perspective here, one thing that seems a little more clear to me in Massachusetts is that whether it's the state legislature or some of the larger cities and towns, certainly Boston, they have a lot, the leaders there or the, or the lawmakers have a lot more, um, I think, clout and ability to influence Governor Baker uh, than, than sure. anyone here in Rhode Island. And so I think the governor, yeah. Governor Baker, to some degree is, you know, what, look, it's all driven in the data. They are seeing just like everywhere else seeing, you know, cases in, in hospitalizations, you know, begin to become very scary. But, you know, what's been what's been happening in Massachusetts a lot is, you know, the governor says one thing and then, you know, the Brookline or, or Boston come out and change or Newton comes out and does something different. I think the governor wants to show look, we're all on the same page here. We, you know, I hear everyone. We're going to impose these restrictions. I, I think in Rhode Island, the truth is, if, if uh, you know, Mayor Fung in his last effort as mayor said, hey, I, you know, I'm going to really restrict uh, uh, travel to Garden City, I think the governor would go on television and laugh him out of the room, um, right? The governor has a right. lot more control. It's a smaller state. It's lots of reasons. That is the noticeable difference. So the governor here... I think really commands uh, just a lot of power, whether it's respect or not, she gets to kind of make the call. Whereas uh, Governor Baker, who's extremely popular, doesn't have as much sort of sway as maybe the, the mayor of Boston, for example. And, and Baker is a Republican and uh, Raimondo, That's they're right. all the same party. I think that if, if, if she were a Republican, I think this whole thing would have played out differently because then you would have had the Democrat speaker and and uh senate president she would have never question. she would have never had a you chance know, to control any of that money for sure <laughs> no way 
no, that would have been completely different. Folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And uh, the Globe has an interesting story on some of the Latino leaders calling for the vaccinating uh, of the population to be different. In Rhode yeah, Island, my colleague Ed Fitzpatrick has really been paying close attention to what's going on in Central Falls. And you and I have covered it a million times now. I mean, look, you know, you're in a situation where you're going to have a large chunk. I mean, we're, you know, I've heard as much as maybe 50 percent of that population in Central Falls potentially um, having had the virus. Uh, you know, by I, think, I believe by January is what some of the health officials say. And and so there is some, somewhat, you know, good reason for, um, uh, you know, I think momentum to be growing to try to, you know, provide the vaccine to cut some of those hard hit communities. The thing is, is that it, it, it's a, in the moment right now when we're still, you know, we're counting the thousands of people uh, who have been who have received their first dose as opposed to in a few months when we're going to be or a few even weeks when we're going to be talking tens of thousands and then very quickly hundreds of thousands. I think right now that that story is going to play out almost everywhere in the country of who should get the vaccine first. And, you know, you've seen it in Washington with whether the members of Congress should get it. And then, you know, it's frontline workers. Do you do teachers so that you can make sure students are back in school? And I think the truth is, John, everyone makes a reasonable case, right? There, there's a reasonable case for you to say, hey, we need to go to South Providence or Onlyville in Providence, or we need to get everybody in Central Falls. Sure. Um, there's just as reasonable of a case to say, teachers should get it first, frontline health workers. And so I, I, the, the, I, I think the advocates and some of the municipal and, and state leaders are doing, you know, they're doing what they think is right. The truth is, in the end, this is all going to be a wash because I really do think you're already seeing what Pfizer has agreed to another hundred million uh, doses of the vaccine uh, with the United States. I mean, I, 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 my gut tells me that in the end, you know, we're going to be there's a chance that we'll be excess uh, vaccines as opposed to, you know, running out of them or worrying about who gets it, who doesn't. It's also uh, interesting, Dan McGowan, with, you know, the names that jump out that signed this letter that was sent to the governor, Secretary of State Nellie Gobia, yeah. she's running for governor. Mayor Lorza, he's running for governor. Providence City Council President Sabina Matos, she's going to run for mayor. Central Falls Mayor James Diosa, he's expected to run for lieutenant governor. How do you separate the politics? Well, you don't, right? I mean, let's be honest about it. That, that is a, a major factor. And, and you know as well as anybody, you know, sometimes good politics is also good or good policy is also good politics. And so it makes perfect yep. sense. If I'm the mayor of Central Falls, of course, I'm going to both be advocating for my city and also, you know, trying to be to be out there and trying to kind of one up maybe the governor and, and get my my name out there. So you make no mistake about it. These guys know what they're doing. Um, they may be right also, but they, they certainly are, are factoring that in um, or they're they're or it's almost it's not even, it's not that they're factoring it in. It's just second nature. I want to get on TV and I want to show, I want my face out there to show that I'm doing something during this, this fight. I don't want to have to face voters in a little, you know, and just really you think about it a year from now, you're, you're really going to start campaigning and I don't want to have to say to voters, Hey, I didn't do anything for you guys. I kind of was checked out for the last year. Folks, quick break. Again, more with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. While the pandemic rages on, you need to stay healthy. You need to take care of your health. You need to stop it and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Call Marie. I call her the Queen of Health, 401 401- 
305-3585. You've seen the hair store. It's right in that old white church. It's my health because, folks, it's about your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Shop local. Stop it and see Marie. What do we have? Well, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. We understand quality, integrity, local products like the incredible acai berry. She also has honey, maple syrup. Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant, has over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. The service is the best, plus hemp and CBD products, plus massage therapy, reflexology, Pilates. Folks, stop it and see her. It's my health because it's about your health and staying healthy and children's vitamins. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. Stop in and see Marie. And it's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, right across from Davenport Restaurant. Because remember, it's your health. Stop in and see Marie at It's My Health. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a once-in-a-lifetime sale never done before. 65% off until Christmas Eve. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. Remember, Preferred Towing and Recovery, they're located in Lincoln, and they service the entire state. Preferred is also female-owned and operated by Christine, along with her husband, Mark Levy. They specialize in towing, transport, asset recovery, repossessions, and private property towing services. You know, Mark has been doing repossessions for 30 years. He gets the job done safely, securely. Preferred towing. Call them today, 401-725-8500, 401-725-8500, or online at preferredrecovery.com, as well as Facebook. Preferred towing. They can also, you know, they buy older vintage cars. Maybe it's from the 60s, 70s. Maybe you have one. It's been sitting in your garage for who knows how long, the last 15 years. And you keep saying, you know, someday I'm going to restore that. But how about instead call today, 401-725-8500. Call for a fair offer today. It's Preferred Towing in Recovery located in Lincoln, 401-725-8500. Again, they've been doing repossessions for 30 years. They'll get the job done safely, secured safely and securely preferred towing 401-725-8500 or online preferredrecovery.com they're also on facebook we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe and dan uh, just a preview to what's going to be happening up at the uh, rhode island state house in some way in some fashion i still don't think they're going to be meeting but at least be in session but uh the globe reports and you guys again are the first ones to report on this but it certainly sounds like there's going to be some legislation and this could get this could be get interesting because in the past, the Second Amendment crowd would go and they'd rally and protest. You can't do that as much. Plus, everyone's going to be distanced. But uh, Senate President Ruggiero, that's interesting that he's introducing a bill banning guns. It's one thing on school grounds, but as you start to dig underneath, it sounds like without Speaker Nick Mattiello and an A from the NRA, there's definitely the possibility. Well, a couple of factors here, right? Number one, yes, I think that's you nailed it. Uh, Nick Mattiello um, was, and people, you know, whether they liked him or not, one thing Nick, Nick Mattiello would, would say, and he would say this publicly everywhere he went, when it came down to the guns, people would say, you know, it's such a hot button issue. Why, you know, why, why do you stick with the gun lobby? And he would say, look, it's not that I'm 
so loyal to the gun lobby. It's not like Nick Mattiello is going out shooting every weekend. What he would say is, you present me a bill that I actually believe is going to change people's lives, right? And he, and he, would, he would go into pretty strong detail and he would get criticized by, by some of the anti-gun people. But he would say, you know, guns on school grounds, sure. You want to say that it's this, you know, that, that, that it makes some sense to do, that's fine. But show me something that, that, you know, show me what that's going to change. And that was his view of the world, whether he was right or wrong. His view was, you know, you're not going to stop somebody from, you know, from bringing in guns, uh, from bringing in a gun to, to a school if they want to. Um, and, and I think he would also kind of laugh and say, it's not like we have teachers everywhere that are packing, you know, guns in their pocketbooks. And so he was kind of a, a he took a very almost I hate to say pragmatic because I don't know if I would describe it as that, but he took a, a realistic and pragmatic approach and he understood if I do a gun bill that I don't think works anyway, I'm going to get all this heat from my more conservative members. I'm going to get all this heat in my district. I'm going to have rallies at the state house. And is it actually going to be worth it? I think he took that into mind and calculated that into his decision-making. Now he's gone. Uh, certainly, I think Joe Shikarchi and Chris Blazajewski, certainly Chris Blazajewski, are much more, um, you know, uh, lean much more towards, you know, doing gun legislation and, 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 you know, they're much more liberal in that way. And then on the other side, I think Dominic Ruggiero, who, by the way, is also an ANRA guy, you know, uh, but he, he's watching his chamber change. Um, this seems like an easy thing. I think he looks at it almost the exact opposite of of Nick Mattiello, which is he would say to the gun lobby, he would say, look, this doesn't change anything. It's, you know, it's something that the, that my members want no guns in schools. It's not like there are lots of people bringing guns in schools anyway, let's just pass it. So it's almost just a completely, uh, the complete opposite view of this, but it, it's getting the same way. It's not like you're going to see, you don't hear the Senate president saying, you know, we're going to work real hard to ban assault weapons or, or whatever else, right? We're going to do this very slowly. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give everybody a win here, give, give my members a win here. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's really not going to change very much. I think that's the, the approach that the Senate president is taking. Folks, so speaking with Dave McGowan of the Boston Globe, Dan, you also report on, and it's just kind of funny to me because I don't even think of it. You'd think of this day and age, that this would be uh, reined in and kind of consolidation. But Anthony Robertson tapped to be the next police chief in Central Falls. You also wrote about the other uh, people that are going to be receiving positions there because it's a new mayor. And it's still, God, in this day and age, one <laughs> square mile, they have their own mayor, their own police department, city. I mean, the whole thing, it's still it. I just shake my head. You'd think at this point, someone would say, hey, let's do things more efficiently and just have the work done by, you know, either Pawtucket or by Yeah, look, I, I think like this but... is always, it's funny. How many times have you covered a, you know, such a gubernatorial race where the conversation for two minutes is about consolidation or regionalization, right? Maybe it becomes, it's a, maybe it's a debate yep. question. Maybe a candidate actually puts out a proposal and then it all fades away. It's never even, I mean, in the last six years, regionalization has not even been uttered by anybody at the state house, whether it's the governor on down. I think your, your point is right. And I think if you were to actually get the mayor, if you were to give Mayor Diosa, if you were to give some of these other guys, you know, a little bit of truth serum here, I think they would say, yeah, you know, maybe you don't have everything. Maybe you want some level of autonomy. 
uh, you know, you, you want, you certainly want to have your own city council or your own, you know, your own mayor, chief executive. But if you were to ask these guys, I think they would say, you know, something like police, there is a way to maybe not need to have multiple police chiefs in Providence or in Pawtucket, Central Falls, let's say Cumberland, like you said, there's a way to do this, uh, you know, in, in regionalized services. I'm skeptical. I feel like I've been around long enough to hear every proposal and see them never go anywhere. But it is a reasonable point. Now, Central Falls, you know, has a, ch- a transition in leadership. And look, they're going to they're gonna make some headlines here. Uh, Anthony Roberson is a Providence sergeant. He'll be the uh, the only black municipal police chief in, in, in the state. Uh, and, you know, I think that I think there's there's no question they wanted to make a little bit of that news. Now, Roberson's been around for a while. I think he's generally well liked by people. Um, and so it is what it is. But but I, I do think you'll I think that conversation about re- regionalization will never go away, but it will also never be a front burner topic. Yeah. And Dan McGowan, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that both of us, our instincts were right. The fact that the judge did not say to, uh, at the time, defendant Jeff Britt, you need to come to Rhode Island to hear the judge's verdict on that. Uh, we were right. He was able to watch from Florida. And what was your uh, your final take on, on the judge's reaction to the charges? And were you surprised that he didn't even get nailed on yeah, the misdemeanor? Yeah, I was surprised uh, he didn't get nailed on the misdemeanor because for, for all the points that the judge yeah. made, and the, ju- the judge was reasonable here. Look, there were, you and I talked a lot about uh, the, the testimony of Vic Pichette uh, who is the investigator. He's the guy that did the surveillance on, on yep. Steve Frias. And, and you say that and you say, well, you know, he, he gave some damning testimony at the same time, you know, was he completely credible? I, I wasn't sure. I was, I was a little skeptical that he, you know, that he didn't know certain facts and things like that. That said, it, it was very clear and there was no denying that money exchanged hands. And then that money was, was transferred to the campaign account of Shauna Lawton. So I thought even with uh, some of the, the sort of the questionable approach and may, maybe a little bit of the overcharging in the eyes of the judge, I thought there was still maybe a case to be made for that misdemeanor. Uh, the thing that it does is it, it means that, uh, you know, that Jeff Britt will, will actually be a presence here uh, uh, going forward because when you skate on a charge like this, suddenly, you know, all these people that we just talked about that want to run for governor, Look, they're going to be looking for a guy like that who who wants to, you know, mix it up and who's going to call reporters at all hours of the night and, you know, spread mud and do things like that. And that's that's who this guy is. And, and I think uh, you're going to I think I think he will be a factor going forward. And, and what about the fact, uh, Ian McGowan, that, you know, the judge just kind of sent him on his way, but he also then went into the fact that um, with the Board of Elections, I mean, you think about it, they didn't even, Leo Skenyon didn't even go in front of the grand jury. We know that Mattiello basically had uh, hands off, but I, I just, I don't even see anyone, not even the Republican Party saying, hey, we need to make some changes here yeah, I mean, with the, the, the Board of Elections. Yeah, I getting a little bit of a pass here because, uh, you know, I, I, there's a part of me that just thinks it's, it's because everything else that's going on in the world. I, I, I honestly do think there is part of that, but I don't want to give it too much of a pass. I mean, the judge was, pretty clear. Uh, uh, you and I previewed it ahead of time last week. I mean, th- I think the takeaway number one, of course, is that, that you know, this, this was a black eye to Peter Nerona in some ways. Uh, but this was also a black eye to, to the Board of Elections. I mean, w- when you don't call key players in, uh, you know, you make the case, the, the case that was made by Jeff Britt's attorney, Bob Carrenti, was, 
the only guy who actually was willing to cooperate. Now it's a little bit of a stretch because he dodged subpoenas and things like that. But the only guy who technically, you know, came in and, and, and was willing to cooperate was the guy who got charged. And, you know, I, I think it may, I think judge Procassini probably tried to uh, really look, just drill down on, on what was in front of him. And he said, boy, there's a lot of flaws. <laughs> there's flaws in the money laundering law. There's flaws in the board of elections. You wonder, will this become a, a you know, a, a, a rallying cry, but you know, at the same time, at the state house, if there's no Nick Mattiello up there, and if these guys can kind of avoid any, you know, any real trouble for the next year as they're not meeting in person and things like that, you know, there's always that possibility that it kind of, kind of just disappears, and then and then it comes up again when Jeff Britt pops up again because there's no question he's going to, and and I think that's that's when these conversations will start again. What also surprised me, Dan McGowan, was as much as Judge Parcassini said, you know, he didn't find a lot of the witnesses credible. Um, I mean, to me, it's not like Britt was credible. This 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 was not like in the dark of the night. This was high profile. Your yeah. former colleagues were asking, you know, everyone about it. These guys, it's not like one of them lied. They all lied. They all re- repeatedly lied. They lied to the, the press. They lied to different people that were asking them about it. They all repeatedly lied about it, whether it was you know, Tim White and Tim Nisi or Kathy Gregg, or they, they were all lying and, uh, and then blatantly lying about it. So, you know, maybe Britt was the only one that got caught, but I, I, he's, he's talking about in for a penny, in for a pound. They, they, the whole Both. campaign, it's really outrageous. But just from theatrics, I was surprised. Um, you know, the, the media reached out to Steve Fryers and so forth. I was just surprised that afterwards you didn't see you know, the Republican Party or someone out on the state steps of the state house saying, Hey, we got to close the loop. No, it should be part of their, if continue. I'm, you know, if I'm uh, leader Filippi, right. And I want to run for governor. Uh, what a great kind of entryway into that. Uh, you know, there's the, we're going to do an ethics yes. reform. I mean, I, I, you know, I can remember back in four in 2014, uh, different issue, but <clears throat> in, in the mayor's race in 2014 in Providence, the first thing Jorge Alorza did after the Democratic primary, so then it was just Jorge Alorza versus Buddy Cianci. Very first thing he did was hold a press conference outside of City Hall and roll out an ethics reform package, right? It was, and it was, we're not going to, yep. you know, we're not going to go back to the dark days of Buddy Cianci. And it was effective. It made him look like, you know, and he, he referred to himself as Judge Alorza because he was a housing court judge. It made yes. him look like he was in charge, like he was honest and ethical. I, I think that there is still an angle to be able to do that. And the person who does, the person who can play the honest and ethical card, they will gain traction in uh, in the governor's. I, th- I think somebody like Blake Flippy could be uh, could could do that in a in a very credible way. No, I agree with you. Folks, uh, I start my day each day, as you can tell, with a uh, free email from uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I'd like to, <laughs> in the spirit of Christmas, extend that to all of the listeners. Very the simple. Just send me a blank seen. email to rinews at globe.com. You don't have to write anything else. rinews at globe.com. And like John said, it's a great gift because it takes five minutes to read. It's completely free. You get new reporting from me. Sometimes we break stories. Sometimes we're analyzing things. You get all the links to the stories that were the, the longer stories that we're doing. And then you get a quick rundown of the things that are happening. You know, if there's a, the governor's press conference was yesterday, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be covering that. Things like that, that just so you can kind of be in the know, 
it's not chewing the weeds. You, you know, you can sit around and talk about it at Christmas time <laughs> with your friends. So if you send me an email, rinews at globe.com, you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning because we are going to be going out on Christmas Eve with it. Oh, good. Folks, he is uh, Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, John. We'll talk, we'll talk to you again. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokerage for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies. You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. It's always Christmas at Anthony's Jewelers. 65% off the entire store. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime sale never done before. 65% off until Christmas Eve. One-year interest-free financing. Anthony's Jewelers, where Rhode Island gets engaged. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call Coogs today. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Remember, whether it's plumbing, heating, or cooling, residential services, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone, they say. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today at 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable for plumbing, heating, and cooling. From winter to summer, the trained technicians provide 100% service, one customer at a time. From service calls to maintenance agreements to installation, R.E. Coogan Heating, proud to help residential customers. They pride themselves. They make customer service and satisfaction a top priority. As they say, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Call them today, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogs. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating.